This picture behind us does not reflect our mood, nor does the smile on my face. Everything's fine. Oh, you know what? I think we got a, an echo or something going on here. Oh, hang on. There. Okay, that's better. Hello, everyone. We got our microphones fixed. Well, more like recharged. Oh yeah, I forgot. Wait. Remember they died halfway through. Yeah, that was so weird. I'm so confused because I don't remember when and where we are. Are we at Holy Family? Is that? Oh yeah, we that was the one where we did one and it didn't work. Yes. Yes, you're right. So, but don't we have to do that one over again then? I don't know what happened. I don't. I have no idea what's going on as usual. And this is. I'm not going to try to figure out what episodes. We can't do that in the middle of this episode. Let's just record this one. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. He's Sam and I'm Charles. Oh, yeah. Thursday Night Appetizer. Sunday's Gospel Applied to Mission. Boom. I just shot you. <laughs> uh, this coming Sunday is our daughter uh -huh. May's birthday. Fascinating. Is it? No. All right. That's why I said it in a sarcastic voice. Apparently, people who have a certain temperament... Uh, in the Myers-Briggs world, which is a kind of temperament thing called INFJ. Yep. Which, uh, you know, Heather, who's been coming to some of our things, she has that temperament. So does our friend Julia and May. They have this thing known as the INFJ stare. They just stare at you really intensely. And you start to feel really, really uncomfortable, but they're not aware they're doing that to you. I like that property. I would love to have that stare. I like to stare at people until they feel really uncomfortable, but I don't actually have that stare. Neither do you. You're, you look really friendly. You do. You're a very friendly person. Okay. Not to say that our daughter May or Heather or Julie are not friendly. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Woo! That was a good one. I was just checking the radar. Because um, we just issued a severe thunderstorm warning for our area. Just to make things a little more fun. So if one of us goes running out of here, it's because... The Place is on fire or is what? Over well, or where would we go? This is a severe thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, probably as good a place as any. Too many open windows, but I can put my bike under the canopy. That's true. Uh, the washrooms are good because they don't have any outside facing windows. That's true. Most people who get hurt in storms, it's because of flying debris. People don't know that. Makes sense. It's not actually usually from being crushed under your house or something. Right. It's from being hit by like I don't know a lawn rake flying through the air at 100 kilometers an hour. Sounds scary. Yeah. Uh, we cow. That's not that common. Because <laughs> cows are pretty big. Yeah, I know. It'd have to be one whopper of a... Oh, look, you can see the word through my shirt. It'd have to be a whopper of a tornado to pick up a cow. But anyway. Could Sunday's be a, gospel could be a small to cow. Um, this is Sunday's Gospel Applied to Mission. And this, is, this Sunday is July 23rd, 2023. Happy birthday, May. Happy birthday, May. I doubt you watch or listen, but maybe some of your friends do. Probably not. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think we should get into the backgrounder. Very well. Oh, Samuel. <laughs> that was a very natural segue. I just, no, don't, I just don't think this is helping my mood at all. <laughs> what, thinking about tornadoes? Oh, I need Tylenol. Oh, okay, go. Destroy your liver. This is going to be great, the backgrounder. The servants in the parable that Jesus is going to tell have an obvious problem. Okay. Which is they can see weeds growing in the field. 
uh, and they know that a good field has only wheat, which is what was sown growing in it, the weeds may endanger the vitality of the wheat because the weeds absorb the nutrients that the wheat needs, basically making it hard for them to grow the way they should. It also shades them. Right, they're competing for light. Yep. Jesus says that in the story that he tells, this little parable as it's called, the weeds were sown by the enemy. That means the enemy has some, some kind of power in the field, which is the power to sneak in at night and plant the seeds of really what the seeds represent, what the, wheat repre uh, the weeds represent, which is the seeds of evil. Jesus may be referring to the power of the evil one. Though the world does not belong to the devil, he can be present in dark places here. What kind of seed can the evil one plant? He looks for weakness for vulnerable places in our hearts. Where are you likely to despair? Given to rage, to cheat, steal, or lust. Those are the places where the weeds of sin can grow in our hearts. So today's there's a warning, actually, that Jesus concludes the parable with when he says that the weeds will be one day collected and burned. There are eternal consequences to our actions and decisions in this life. But the warnings are given to us, actually, so we can look at ourselves honestly in the light of God's truth. And being honest with ourselves, we can also be a, give ourselves a chance to change, to uproot the weeds, so to speak. But even more importantly than the warning, Jesus is telling us that the owner of the field, who, represent, who represents God, is patient. The owner does not allow the servants to uproot the growing weeds. The, the patience of the owner represents the patience of God with us. God is actually not in a rush to punish. Rather, God is always ready to show mercy when we sin. Hmm. Jesus is also explaining to us that we need to be patient with each other. If God offers second chances, so should we. The, mo the mercy shown to us should motivate us to show mercy to other people. Importantly, no one is beyond God's mercy. And uh, I don't know if you have been in this situation. I have. Um, but when we look at someone who may look lost, we can do so with the patience that God has. And that means we can go on mission to the dark places of this world because there's hope for everyone. That is our backgrounder this week about the wheat, weeds and the wheat. Wheat. As I say in nowhere. No one says wheat? No. Okay. Only you. All right. That vast emptiness known as Charles's mind. I'm not sure it's vast. It could be a tiny emptiness. What about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the, uh, the TARDIS, only the opposite. What would the opposite of a Tesseract be? You Doctor Who nerd. <laughs> it's like bigger on the inside than it looks like. Yeah, yeah, I know. The outside is... Right. Yeah. But yours is the opposite. It looks bigger than it is on the inside. The famous Catholic writer G.K. Chesterton often pointed out that just because something's big doesn't mean it's better. It's true. Are elephants actually better than... I shouldn't be insulting you. ...sparrows? Why not? I don't mind. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> well, we're going to pray? Yeah. Okay. From the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, we praise and thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the sunshine and for the beautiful weather uh, so far. And uh, and we ask you, Lord, to send your Holy Spirit upon us and all those who are listening to inspire us with your word today. Um, we are here, Lord, um, in this world, anticipating the next life, the life of eternity. And as Charles said, our, our actions and our decisions here have eternal consequences, eternal um, effects. And uh, we ask you, Lord, to keep us close to you. 
uh, to show us mercy, to show us where we've been wrong and uh, where the weeds have been sown in our lives so that we can, um, with the same kind of patience, can overcome it uh, with the help of your grace. And we ask you, Lord, just to guide us and allow us to hear your voice today as we read and as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus proposed another parable to the crowds, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, the, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the weed among them, along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowds, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, his, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. Ready to go? I was just thinking about um, the line, while everyone was asleep. Hmm. And I've, I had a chuckle because, an internal chuckle, because I was talking to someone yesterday who described Catholics as sleepy. Was it a fellow Catholic? No. Okay. It was a someone aspiring to be Catholic. Okay. Um, this particular person is used to um, a more like Pentecostal tradition. And there's, of course, a lot of, like, outward expression in their life. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just, they were like, they, they noted that there's, like, um, a movement, like, directly against anything Holy Spirit related in the church. Not, like, overtly, but, like, suspicious of it, basically. So the, the, from the point of view of someone who's Pentecostal, hoping to become Catholic or right. thinking about becoming Catholic... It looks to to them like we are kind of sleepy, and therefore kind of resistant. And not to not the only Holy that, Spirit. but there's a there's like a pressure to not be uh, Pentecostal as Pentecostal, sure, as they once were. And I of course agree. And I just thought the word sleepy was funny um, because sleep in the Gospels, especially, is like um, a kind of like a metaphor for like not being prepared, mm -hmm. right, or for being like. Uh, yeah, unprepared or like, sure. or just like nonchalant or like letting your guard down, right? Yep, yep. Um, there's a few different passages like that. And I was also thinking about like in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus says, um, 
invites his apostles to stay awake with him and pray, right? Mm -hmm. Pray not to be put to the test or something like that. And yes. They, fall, they all fall asleep. He goes back and there they are sleeping, um, which I would, I would be sleeping because that's, that's me. You'd be I sleeping? I sleep anywhere. Are you good at sleeping? Yeah. It's a gift. Yeah, I know. I just, if he had said that to me and, and he went off and it was quiet and I wasn't moving, I'd fall asleep. Right. <laughs> okay. So I can't blame Peter and the others. <laughs> for dozing off. But um, anyway, I don't know what that has to do with the reading. Um, although like while everyone was asleep, that's when the mm -hmm. enemy came. And I, I was thinking that uh, in both both of the, the ways, like, like the church being sleepy, um, kind of drowsy almost, I think that's, that's a, an avenue for the evil one to come and sow the seeds of evil and destruction and temptation in, in the church. And uh, so I think that... Uh, you know, we need to stay awake because we're admonished to a lot of scripture. I'm going to keep our guard and um, watch watch for the enemy, right? Be, be vigilant. I, I just found the two passages you were referring to. I decided to flip ahead. So sure. one is a story. Another story he tells about the kingdom of heaven. He's telling a whole bunch of stories in Matthew's gospel in particular that are parables of the kingdom. Um, this one that you're referring to where the people sleep is in chapter 25. There are these uh, these maidens like bridesmaids more or less and they actually interestingly they all fall asleep ten of them but five are prepared for when the when the bridegroom comes because five of them have extra oil that you need to keep the lamps burning through the night five of them don't have any any extra oil and their lamps are not going to last so then they're they're not prepared but they all fall asleep and then the very next chapter chapter 26 of matthew's gospel is it describes what happens in the Garden of Gethsemane the night Jesus is going to be arrested. He's got with him his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, and they all fall asleep when he asks them to watch and pray with him. So anyway, a bit about sleep as you were talking about. And definitely, so it's interesting, in this parable, being asleep is not portrayed as a problem. It's just what you do. You sleep at night, right? It's night, you're asleep. There's no mention made of an enemy prior to hearing that the enemy's planted the seeds. Like there's no there's no watchman or guard for the for the night. I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering. Uh, but well, it says his enemy. Yeah, he has an enemy, right? So the, the the owner representing God has an enemy representing the devil. And he knew it was the enemy that had done it. Yeah, an enemy has done this. Makes you wonder if the owner of the field knew there was an enemy. Why didn't he set a guard? Yeah, just kind of wondering. Just well. Maybe this might help. My word was the word no, which is interesting. I think one of the most surprising word in the parable, really, as Jesus tells it, is the word no. Because all the way along, this bad thing has happened. The slaves say to the, to the, uh, to the owner, um, oh, the master, do you want us to go and pull up the weeds? Up to that point, everything kind of makes sense. You got some weeds, you're going to pull them up, right? And the master says no. But I think, I think that's surprising. But I, I was going to ask you, because I don't farm and stuff but when you have weeds in a wheat field what do you do um <laughs> or a grain field what do you do well nowadays we spray roundup on it do you, is, do you guys do you guys we don't, we don't spray roundup. Yeah, why not because we're organic farmers i know but no um so there's there's various like means to like keep the weeds from to it's in in organic farming especially there's no there's not really an effort to like prevent weeds okay what you want is for the weeds to appear after the crop has already like gotten ahead so once it's got a foothold once the main crop's got a foothold it doesn't matter if there's a few weeds because they'll be small and insignificant right 
And then later, like they like they do, they sift the you sift the grain, and out come the weed seeds because they're all very small. The weed seeds come out when you sift. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like during the threshing process right. or whatever, they the weed seeds get uh, separated out. And um, so, like, I would kind of agree with the with, master with this that it it, it does say that um, uh, where is it. Um, when the crop grew and bore fruit, mm-hmm. right, then the weeds appeared. The weeds appeared as well. Right. It sounds like the crop had already, like, gotten a foothold and was already doing okay. okay. The weeds weren't a danger to the crop um, being destroyed. So the danger could be the overzealous servants. Yeah. Going, in, going in and trampling the whole crop and pulling up all the, all the roots right. of the, the main crop along with the weeds. Right. Because when you pull a weed out, of, especially if it's like a soft dirt, it comes a big chunk of dirt with it. I don't know if you've ever done that. I probably have actually. I actually yeah. have this. Uh, we we used to we used to grow corn when we had dairy cows. Mm-hmm. Corn is fairly hard to grow organically. I think it's not as much of it because it's hard to grow. Um, it just doesn't do as well. It's smaller, has less yield, and stuff like that. But I distinctly remember walking among the corn rows and pulling mustard weeds out hmm. because the corn plants could handle it. They had like a big, pretty big root. Okay, you can all see the root on top of the ground. Wow. It's like a big, like claw, almost like a tree root, and um, and then the the mustard would be like, at a certain time, the mustard would stick up above the the corn, so you could see it real easily. Okay. So we would just walk along, grabbing these corn and just flinging them, pulling them but out. You had rows them. to walk on, so you yeah. weren't you weren't yeah. uh, messing up the corn. Anyway, it's just kind of a fun memory. So in some cases, mm-hmm. it makes sense to pull the weeds. In yeah, that case, in that case, because the the crop get in a little bit with wheat, I don't know. At a certain point, you would just leave the weeds because, like I said, you can just sift the seeds out later. Right. The weeds aren't going to hurt anything. They, they The straw would not be quite as pure. would have some green stuff in it. But Interesting. That's generally not a problem, and a lot of people don't even use the straw anymore. So so the thing with the no, the word no, is it's, it's actually a reference to what happens to us. Well, I think what's shocking about the word no is if you think of the weeds as sin in our lives. Right. Which is what the metaphor is all about. No? Possibly. Okay. Is God saying, no, don't uproot the sin in your life? Let it remain there until the end? This is very interesting. I've had this thought before. Um, So (laughs) here's the thought. The thought is focusing on uprooting sin can be a mistake because maybe you should be focusing on growing in virtue. Ah. Because if you focus on growing in virtue, then you're actually... You're actually looking at it from God's point of view. God wants you to grow in virtue, it means, meaning in, in, uh, in ultimately in happiness uh, in heaven, but also in the growth along the way of the kind of person he's calling you to be. So if you focus on who you're called to be, then the fruit, which would be like, uh, well, you could think of the fruit of the Spirit, things like love, joy, and peace, and so forth, are byproducts of focusing on becoming who God wants you to be versus focusing on all the things that you're actually mm. failing in if you focus too much on those things, you're giving your attention to where the devil wants you to focus, and you actually can end up despairing. Uh, I know I'm just going to use the word despair. That's I, I have noticed myself. Yep. And other people, I, other people I know as well, despair. When you look at your sinfulness, it can lead to despair. Right. Because, well, something I would add is, all of us are both vice and virtue. Right. We are a blend of the two. Whether you like it or not, or you admit it or not, sure. everyone is a vice, has vice and virtue, and. The vice and the virtue are like, I always thought of it as like on the end of each of a spectrum, 
Okay. Okay. So like the more you approach the virtue, the farther you are from the vice. The more you approach the vice, the further you are from. So take like pride and humility, for instance. Okay. Okay. The more proud you are, the less hum humble you are. And the more humble you are, the less proud you are. So what it ties in with what you're saying, because if we focus on the virtue of humility and practicing that, that's like, that's like the wheat. It's like growing the wheat and leaving the weeds, right? The wheat will get stronger and the weeds will not, and they will die. And in the end, they will be insignificant, right? Yeah. That makes, that's kind of what I was wondering about. But I, it's like also, it. I also think it's like that with people, which is the people, people we know besides. Oh, so you, okay, so there's, a, there's another interpretation. The weeds are kind of like evil people among us. Yeah, or people who have been infiltrated by evil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Bad, right? Like but th I think it's very interesting <laughs> that, because. That, that's kind of a liberal, pretty liberal read of it, isn't it? Leave oh. the evil people. Well, like. What's the liberal read of it? I, I just mean like, that's not really what he's saying. Oh, every, the evil one sowed weeds. No, no actual person. Does that mean the evil is... one plants his, his... No. No actual person is made by... The evil one has the no evil actual one doesn't make evil people. power to create. Right. He can only corrupt. And God only creates good. Right. Right. Everything God creates is good. What I think is, though, the the... I, I consider myself a very zealous person, like a very enthusiastic for God and stuff. Yeah, we couldn't tell. What? Continue. What? Never mind. All right. Here's the thing, though. Um, I think Pride, we should be humility. zealous. What? Humility? What? I don't know the meaning. I don't think that word's in my dictionary. Is it? So the, the, weeds, the weeds aren't people. Well, I don't know. But the point is, what can happen with... I, I, this is in the background here. You can look at people in your life, like people at church, for instance, or people in the community. You can say, oh, yeah, those people, they're like the weeds. It's easy to do that. It is very easy to do that. I don't that. like that. Sorry? I don't like that. I know. It's terrible. Of course it's terrible. People do that. They like, there's like a yeah. category of people that aren't, they're not us. They're others. The right. other, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what he's warning. I think, he's, I think that's what he's warning against. Okay. I think he's warning his disciples to be patient. I, that's the word that came yeah, to me. Yeah, and your, your backgrounder mentions patience a that's lot. That's what I, I was thinking. God is patient with me. Yep. He's patient with the weeds in, in our soul. Yes. The, the, the vices, the sin that we struggle with, that we do battle with on a daily basis. But he's also patient with people that are like resistant to conversion, resistance sure. to, resistant to repentance. Yep. And we need to be as well because we get impatient, especially when it's like someone we love or care about or... Well... I like I so there's something about the sleepiness of Catholics. I I, <laughs> I already mentioned Myers Briggs, which is whatever one of those temperament things. I think that the if if I were to give the Catholic Church as a whole uh, particular temperament, I would give it the temperament of like what do you call it? I'll use the disc words, S, service no, or whatever. It's not fun. I know it's kind of sleepy, right? Yeah. Fine. There are problems. But there are problems with every temperament. You're more of church a... is like May's temperament. No, not May's temperament. May's not an S. What is she? C. Yeah. Like April. April's an S. Sorry. Now we're talking to people we know. Hi, April and May. So the church is like April's temperament. Ugh. No, it's those are some of the best people in the world. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just thinking about like, oh, okay. I'm an eye on disc. And eyes on disc tend to think that no one else is as good as them. Because no one's as fun as they are. Because no one's as fun Which as they are. Which is true. If fun was important, that would matter. Fun is important. 
How about Lord of the Rings? Let's do the Lord of the Rings. It'll be easier. The really, dwarves are Ds. I really, the elves are Cs. The hobbits are S. And who's the I? Maybe the hobbits are Is. No. No, the hobbits are S. Who's who are the like the Gandalf? Gandalf's not an I. He's a D. Okay. Um, you tell the fun. Who's the more? Fun, who's the most fun? I don't know. There is no. There are no fun characters. I think the hobbits are kind of Tom S. Bombadil. I think the hobbits are I's and the men are S. Okay, sure. This is getting way too complicated. What I'm trying to say is, whatever, however you approach life, whether it's through temperaments or just who you are as a, as a unique individual, which to some extent you are and to some extent you're not. The problem is, it's very easy to see people approach life, life differently within the church, if you're a member of the church, as like, obviously they've got it wrong. I mean, we do that all the time. I mean, literally you and I. All right, is everything okay? Yep, just checking the... We're connected here. That's good. We're good. That's good. We hate to be cut off again. I'm just thinking it's so easy to be impatient with people. I'm very impatient. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's also very easy to, like, say, like, put these people into a category. Mm -hmm. Right? When really the, the, divide, the weeds and the weed are inside all of us. We're all a combination of them. No one is just evil or just bad. And no one is just good. Sure. So we all need accountability. Especially people in leadership, like us, we are somewhat in leadership. Uh, our pastors. Somewhat. We somewhat lead. Yeah, well, we're supposed we're, to be, but we somewhat. Well, no, but we're lead. under a pastor too, locally. <laughs> yeah. And our bishop. Yeah. Who shall not be named? Um, he who shall not be named. We did forgot to do, do this, the, the disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of Holy Family Parish, and/or the Diocese of Hamilton, and/or God. But they probably but should. They probably be. should be. There's a disclaimer. Oh. Uh, when you're leadership, especially when you're leadership, you need accountability. We all, but we all need accountability. And that's one of the things I think that, that will help people who, like all of us, are struggling with, with the wheat of sin and evil within our hearts, but also as a community and looking as a Catholic community at other Christians or looking at the wider secular world around us, which, you know, in many ways we could say, it's pretty easy to say because Catholics have been saying this for millennia, is falling apart. Are you saying that these days? Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, fine. Things are falling apart. But God's patient. Yep. And I think thinking about this whole thing in light of mission, it seems to me patience means that we just remind ourselves. That was in the background, but I think it's important. We keep, keep reminding ourselves that God is going to give us a second chance. And that's really what we owe everybody. everybody we owe everybody a second chance. And not just passively, like you're out there, you know, once you, once you get your act together, come in. I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning, actually. He was saying, you know, uh, some Catholic video or something he was watching was saying, only people who repent of their sins should be allowed to come to church. Exactly. How do you even measure that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we have confession, which we need to go to. Are you going to quiz everybody at the door? If you haven't repented, leave. Like, I don't know. Confusing. Can't even get yeah, we know repentance is important. So the point is not that repentance is not important. Yeah. You, you especially need repentance. Well, we be, I need repentance, especially. Uh, but when people come and their, and their things are, which could apply to any one of us, things are messed up. When we're, especially if you're harming yourself or other people, you need to stop, right? Well, and one of the things I love about mission and about being on mission is that it recognizes people are at different stages in a journey. Mm -hmm. They're not all bad. We're all good, or all there, or all not there. Sure. Everybody's like, there's like a variety of situations. Everybody's different. 
Yeah. Right. And so I think our missionary endeavors here at the parish try to um, try to give everyone a place where they can grow, mm-hmm. where they can, you know, root out sin in their lives. Yes. But also like just learn and just be themselves. Um, and we try to give them like a lot of leeway. Right. And we're not, qu- we're trying not to be too quick to push them into this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example is like inviting them to mass. Right. That That is an important and essential stage of being a member of our community, but it's not the only stage, and it's probably not the first, second, or third stage. There comes a time when, when for you to progress in the spiritual life, you need to go to Mass. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a, you need to, right? Unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus, Matthew 6, or John 6. You have right? no life within you. You have no life within you. Yep. So it's like, at some point, we need it. We need the Eucharist. We need Mass. We need the sacraments. But I think God wants us to be patient with people and... Let them approach that at their own pace and give them lots of opportunities to grow that aren't necessarily the mass, which is what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different than a lot of yeah, so non-str- I think, non-strategies employed at other places. Well, I think, I think so, so on the point of view of someone coming out of a Pentecostal community, I think we could look sleepy as a Catholic community, but there's also a certain wisdom to that, let's call it the steadiness. Yep. Of, of Catholicism, the steadiness and the order, which I know other Christian communities lack from their own point of view. They, they wish they had more steadiness, more order. Um, authority. And authority. I, right. I used your, um, with this particular person, I, yeah. used, I used the example of the ballot or the uh, the keel on a ship. Right. You were talking about the keel. That's or right. Or the ballast. Yeah, yeah. The ballast is like a water water tank under the... It can be water. Or it could be whatever, something heavy. It, it fills, they fill it's it with the water, water it's below the water line, and it keeps the ship steady, yeah. right? So wind comes, pushes it to the side, yep. the ship stays steady because it's got this ballast, a keel similar, keep, keeps the, it's more for sailboats. Mm-hmm. But um, I used your example, it was a great example, it's a great example. Oh, it's good. Great analogy. Um, the, the, the church, the Catholic church for all its problems is steady, right? Yep. And uh, that's one of the things drawing this person to the church is the steadiness is the um the claim to authority because mm. at the end of the day like what you know you, you need to rely on a final say well right maybe this is a good time to wrap up because we have been talking oh, yeah. for a bit which is good but but there is a final say in the in this parable as well like as, as i mentioned jesus says you know wait till the harvest comes then we'll separate oh, the, the master pulls the rank he's the authority and at that point he says no right but he also says that at that point we will collect up the weeds and burn them so right. there is there is a final moment of judgment, mm-hmm. which is in the master's hands, not in the servant's hands. Re- referring to us as his servants, we're not the masters. You could take that to mean that he takes everyone, but only burns the bad parts of us. Yeah, uh, that's one of Pope Benedict's favorite par- parts in the Bible. One Corinthians three refers to a fire that will purify everyone. Everyone will have to pass through this fire that will burn away all the straw. I think he uses the word straw and leave behind everything that is precious, like the the the, the gold, etc. That's that's in every person. Pope Benedict it reminds ref- me a bit of purgatory. That is exactly what Pope Benedict refers to when he talks talks about purgatory. Often people refer to a passage in the Old Testament, but he he says really this these fires are the fires of of the love of Jesus that purifies and cleanses, so that it's painful but healing. That's right. Like. Like think of what comes out of the process, right? Of the, 
in this the, case, this the harvest. Sift, the sifting, or they, they used to um, to winnow. Yes, I think it was called. Yes, they used to winnow. They would beat it with these things, and then the grain would fall off, and then they would throw it in the air, and the chaff and all the weed seeds would Everything blow light. away. They'd do it in the wind. Yep. And all the heavy, like the wheat seed, wheat seeds are heavy. Hmm. They just fall to the ground, right? Right, right. And then you're left with wheat seeds, and everything else is blown away in the wind. Yeah. And I, I love that image because, um, you know, like that's a process, but it's a process our souls have to go through at some point, mm -hmm. definitively, like he says, at the end when we're all gathered, when everything's gathered up. Um, but it's it's a process of love and of like, like because at the end you're pure, right? Yep. And perfect. Because nothing can enter the presence of God if it's not perfect, right? So we, we need to be purified like the wheat. This is a good place to end. I like that. I, that's a very, it's a very hopeful uh, passage. Yeah. Right? Isn't I think it? it's very hopeful. Like it, it, there's hope for everyone. Yep. All of you listening and watching. And, and you know, I do want to say this because, sorry, I know we're and I me. ending. I, I mean, say but that. There are were. people, we, we run it, we meet people, in met people recently and maybe someone watching or listening or someone you know who is, who is really under the power of evil. Remember, mm. the evil one is not the master. No. Never. He's not the master. He can only sneak around at night, look for vulnerable places. And even then, God has a plan for dealing with the evil he, he brings into your life or into your family, whatever, whatever may be going on. God will deal with this. So having that confidence is so important for us that God will deal with evil within ourselves, within our families, even, our, even in our, our world as a whole. God, God will. So, yeah, let's, let's give uh, praise and thanks to God as we wrap up our time. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father in heaven, we thank you for being patient. Thank you for being patient with, with us, with all of us, and with everyone we know, and with all of us as just as humanity in this world, because there are so many dark places in our hearts where the, we've allowed the evil one to come in and plant the wheat of sin and destruction. And it's so easy to focus on that and despair, but this, the, this evening you, you invite us to look at the wheat that is growing, the good fruit, the harvest that is waiting. We, and you do that for us, Father, because you want us to grow in virtue and holiness and wholeness, and your patience is truly incredible. Help us to get rid of all those dark places and all the, all the evil. Help us to have hearts that are willing to trust that you do not intend harm, but you intend goodness for us when you promise to take away the evil, to burn it away. We thank you, Jesus, for coming among us to take away sin through your cross, overcoming all the powers of evil in your victory, in your resurrection. We praise and thank you for all these things, Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for watching. It was kind of interesting. This was Thursday Night Appetizer. See you next time. See you next time.